you know, she is one of the best. I'm gifts telling that, you, she is. Yeah, one of the best <laughs> gifts that I got in that business was me having the confidence in myself to go and make that hire. Because you know how it is, making your first hire is always the hardest. Your seconds, you still have that anxiety. But I did that in the middle of COVID. I wasn't. I didn't even show a house in 2020 before I hired Liz. Right. So think about fear, but that was when I bet on myself, and that was when I had that growth period as I was a solo agent to where I really, you know. Really yeah. work through that and it's mental more, stuff. It's, you, you're like, I got to pay her. So like, I have to get it. Welcome to Selling Your Circle. I'm your host, Juliana Gainsburg. And on this show, we talk all things business development, entrepreneurship, and investing. Each week, we'll have a different guest because after all, it's about expanding the circle and keeping it fed. If you like what you hear, follow us on all of your favorite streaming platforms. Welcome back to Selling Your Circle. I'm your host, Juliana Gainsburg, and today we are outside of the studio again, which I'm starting to like, but also I like being in the studio at the same time. So I don't know how Dom feels about it, but we are here at the Jim Roach Real Estate Group team? Team. Team, team office. HQ. Um, HQ. And I am here with my guest, the none other than Jim himself. How are Juliana, you? Juliana, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm uh, excited to be here. This is fun. It's, uh, you know, I've um, obviously I've known you and watched you, uh, you know, grow in your career. And I think this podcast, it's, it's, uh, it's really exciting because it's kind of about a lot about what I was, you know, where I grew and how I kind of started. So it's a big part of podcasts are a big part of how I learn and what I do. So it's, it's great to be here. It's a pleasure. It's an yeah. honor to be sitting next to you and having well, this combo. After just sitting through one of your master classes, um, yeah. I appreciate you making time in your time blocked schedule <laughs> for us to sit here and record this today. Yeah, so no, it, no, it was it's good. My, it's my pleasure. It's, um, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more, but more of the transition of like, kind of like my life. And I think that's what we kind of talked about today in my training class. Um, it's just really how to shift from going from an agent to going to be, you know, a top producing agent to an entrepreneur, to a leadership position, et cetera. So there's multiple different levels and schedules and, you know, entrepreneurs and business people, salespeople, they always need to continue to keep leveling up and changing the business and changing their, their schedule. And that's what it's all about. It's just adapting. So we really lean into the here. It's a, it's core competency of what we do. So how old were you when you got licensed? So this is always tricks me up because I was a little part-timey in the beginning. Um, yeah. I was licensed. I'm 36 years old. I was licensed when I just turned 27. Okay. So I was 27 years old. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm getting ready to go on, uh, you know, about 10 year. I'm going to be one of those people that finally into the second decade of the, of my business. I guess that kind of sucks, but no, it's a good thing. I'm all, you're, you're no not, longer. you're not a solo agent 10 years but in. Don't I lose my YPN membership that yeah. I can really pay for? Yeah, or don't go to, but it's fine. Um, so at 27, did you think that you would have a schedule the way that it looks that you were just showing? Downstairs? I never had a schedule. I'll be truthfully honest with you, Juliana, until like probably three years ago, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I think that was one of the things really for me that was a changing and an impact um, that helped me grow. It's just I, I had the realization that there's just not enough time in the day for me to go and do what I wanted to do. And, you know, unfortunately there's 24 hours in a day right yeah. can't make it 25 so you have to figure out a way to kind of change things out and um you know so i just got really specific and, and simplified that and truthfully it came from a lot of help from a lot of people and a lot of coaches a lot of people right. outside world a lot of education stuff that you you know you're doing here right listen learning and 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 um taking what you can take and, and making an impact with what you can on it so it's something i i'm a bit i'm i'm huge in growth you know yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that but i always like challenging myself and so when I get comfortable, I like to re-challenge myself and just kind of re-switch things up. What part or what year in your business did you get a coach? Uh, right when I went full-time. 
okay. you know, which was great too. Cause I'm getting ready to quit my job, just added on another expense, you know, things were really, <laughs> yeah. really firing off well in the head, but that was, you know, it was, that was the position that I knew. I was like, you know, I, if I'm going to quit my job, right. Like my boss and my paychecks, my accountability, right. right. I knew it was going to show up every week. So I got a coach that I knew was going to show up every week, you know, yeah. and this person helped me and pushed me. Um, and you know, I'll tell you now, what's crazy is I thought when I was first coach, I'll never forget. It was 500 bucks bi-weekly, Tom Ferry coach. Um, I went through three coaches. I was like, this is a waste of money. You know, yeah. what well, I realized- you don't know what you don't know. Exactly right. And what I realized is as I navigated around and I start to understand and talk to people is I just had to get the right fit for me. And you know, fortunately, um, I've had a number of coaches and, and firing coaches is good. You outgrow coaches. I had one of my, one of my great, uh, a guy, a guy named John Phillips. He was a coach um, when I was very early in my career. It was great for new agents. When it got to building a team, he kind of just, you know, it wasn't really his forte. It wasn't a strong suit. And he knew that. So it's time to move on. It's just like everything else. You want to continue to, you know, um, you know, involved and continuing to grow in your coaching schedule, your coaching and your training, your schedule, your everything you're taking in always has to keep, you know, staying sticking alongside. Right. That. Yeah, I would say that I always give this example of that, like when you, for example, Keller Williams, like yep. most market centers are auto enrollment into productivity coaching if you're a new agent. And that is one of the hardest levels of coaching, in my opinion, because those people have no idea that they want or need to be coached. Yep. It's, and it's just like the connection to getting those people to be like, you should want to go door knock or yep. go call call or do what this and this process or whatever it is. It's so hard to like get through. And then once you get to that second level of like, oh, now you're paying someone to tell you what to do. Exactly that's like right. the the difference. And, and that's when it turns into that level of accountability. And I think a lot of younger people and it's just not for real estate agents, business coaches and entrepreneurs. I mean, my business coach now really helps me a lot more on my businesses outside of real estate than they do in real estate. Yeah. He's a real estate coach, you know, yeah. and, and for example. Um, you know, but for me, it's really just like, you know, I just always want to keep learning, keep educating. And, you know, for me, I have to keep doing that because my job as CEO is to educate now. You know, my, my life's kind of changed from, you know, very similar to you, Julian, buying and selling real estate to where I'm still buying and selling real estate, but just at a different level now. And my job really is to, you know, train in the lead. My job now has changed from finding buyers and sellers, but to finding talent, right? And finding the right people to put in the business here and to surround my agents with, you know, um, that's what we focus on. And I think that was really, you know, sort of a sh mental shift for me is I really started to enjoy it. I've always been a salesman, you know, I've yeah. always been in sales. Sales is my, that's my strong suit, you know, even when I was in college, you know, I was like in my fraternity, I was a social chair because I could negotiate, you know, the hay rides. And then, and <laughs> that's just how I've always been. You know, I've born and raised in Northeast Philadelphia, you know, uh, you know, middle-class family, never had yeah. a city, never not had a city address except the four years I went to college, went to Penn State. So like it grit and determination and just figuring shit out's always been inside me, you know? So I've never, I've been on teams. I'm, you know, I'm a big athlete. That's always how I've been. I've always been working with other people. So I knew when it came to a position that, Hey, like you no longer have that sense of accountability. It was the first moment I'll tell you, Julian, I felt like a real adult, you know, like that's when I felt like, you know, now it's time for me to step up. You know, I was just married. Um, I'm, you know, I'm like, we were not just married, but we were like kind of, I got married when I was 24 years old. Uh, my, Penn State college sweetheart, you know, so I met her and we knew we were going to get a set of life and start a life and start growing there. So, but I had a plan and I had a goal and I knew my sales position I was in was not going to get me there. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I was also very comfortable and I've always been very comfortable with who I am. And so I kind of wanted the path and the journey to evolve, right? With my, my, my niece is getting ready to go to college. 
going to Penn State, just got in. And, you know, I think it's a funny question to ask an 18 year old, like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Right. You know, they don't even I know. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, you probably still don't really truthfully know what you want to go after or get at. Right. And yeah. When, how many I might want to be a podcast interviewer. You're, you're doing a pretty dang good job. So, I mean, you got a good start. Right. But but that's what I'm trying to say is, that, you know, like regardless of where you are in your life, you always need to continue to get better because regardless of the path you had on that, you're, that you thought you were on, it's going to change. Yeah. And what you're learning is going to need to be changed. And so you need to keep evolving and keep, you know, keep changing. And that's that's a, literally a key competency for us, like training and education. I'll put my team up against any brokerage, probably in the nation of what we do here. I'm dead serious. Day in and day out. I mean, it's it's you smile and I, it's a lot of work, but it's one thing that I I dedicate. And it's a key to my success. And I think it's a key for everybody's success. I only so. smile because. I think from an outsider, someone might hear that and be like, ah, this guy. Yeah, well, no, I agree with you. But I, I have and sat I say here that too, like, but yeah. as an outsider and like witness what you guys do. I think it's definitely at a, a higher level than most. Yeah. Um, I think it's also extremely hard for brokerages to have a topic and have everybody in the room understand what's going 1, on because then you have to lower it for some ends 1, or higher for other ends. And that's like what the, always the biggest struggle is. Yep. Um, so what you've cultivated here is a lot of like-minded individuals Correct. who are kind of all generally in the same area. And yep. even the younger people that come in or the newer to the, the business are just like hungry and like ready to listen and just absorb that what's going on. So when we recruit and we look at agents, I mean, one of their biggest things we look at is are they coachable? You right. know, because exactly like you just said, Julia, like they don't know what they don't know, you know, and I, and let's be honest, I always say every single person that got in this business all started at zero in sales. You know, no one came in and got a head start. There's not right. a single person, even if your mom or your cousin or whoever it was was selling real estate for decades before you started at the same position. And for me, I felt very comfortable being at a level playing field with anybody else. Yeah. So like, that's my desire. And so like, that's one thing that I that I'm starting to learn, right? Like the way I drive people and the way I try to coach people is different than how some people want to be driven. You know, you hear how I talk sometimes. I'm passionate, I'm lively, you know? So for me to take that and take my, you know, my uh, my Irish Italian energy, come an Irish, 100% Irish, but I speak with crazy <laughs> hands. But if I'm going to take that and now tone my voice down and change my tonality and then yeah. really become, you know, well, sympathetic with someone and, and show some empathy. It's, it's for, as a CEO, it's the one thing that I've had to be able to learn and do is to be able to change emotions and to try to match and meet people's levels at yeah. all times and still get to the same goal. It's, it's difficult, but it's challenging. And I had to learn that. So I had to get coached on that. Everybody's always, I mean, once you stop learning, you start dying. Yeah. It's the God honest truth. And I, and I smile and like, you know, smirk yeah. about that too, because I, like it's good stuff down yeah. there. Like I, I definitely think that I appreciate your, it. I think your confidence in saying that is why smirk because like you truly do believe that. I believe it's not it. just like you're up here like yeah. blowing smoke. It's like no. And, and that's I the thing. It. Like I, when you smile and you laugh about like you know, and then I actually take a step back. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is an asshole. That's a you know asshole thing to say. But the fact is, I feel like that. I and also feel me, comfortable enough to smile. Yeah, no, that's it's great. That. But for me, like for me, at the end of the day. You know, that's all I'm looking for. If I feel that confident and you saw like yeah. me feel that and Hell say yeah. that, that means that I back that shit. The fuck up. You right. know, I back it up. I I'm, I, I back that word up and you I back that shit You can curse on here, up. by the way. Yeah, can you? Yeah. Right, good. I Kevin mean, you told, said you were trying to be a professional Kevin podcast. Kevin told so curse the entire time. There you go. Perfect. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If you like, if you're trying to get to that level and that's where you want to be to, and that's what you're trying to get to, like you always just have to keep pushing through that stuff. And yeah. it's just that you always have to keep leveling up and figuring out how to take those next steps. It's yeah. part of the gig. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I respect the, like, confidence. It's, 
If you, you believe in something, you have something co- literally downstairs that you've cultivated. Like it's basically like your child and you're like, this is actually working. The numbers are there. The people are happy. Everything's going great. Like why wouldn't you come up and sit on this couch and flex your muscles and be like, this is the best. Well, it, I think there's two difference. I'll tell you one thing, Juliana, for me, the hardest position, and you know this, right? For me is growing, um, you know, so like we're top 50 company, top yeah. 50 sales team at KW, right? So that was something that I look back and I look at my five-year goals. I write my goals in one year, three year, five year, and 10 year. I was something that I was attend, like legitimately a 10 year goal for me. It was to be a top 50 company at KW, KW, yeah, Keller Williams. We did it within three years, right? you know, and like those are things and those are goals that are hitting. So when I gain confidence and I speak with confidence, it's because I'm confident in our abilities and what we've done from past experiences, you know, and that's, so I put myself up and my team up against it. It's because that's how much I put into it. You know, that's how hard I know these people work, you know, and, and that's the thing now is when people call me and like, Hey, well, Jim, I want to work with you. It's like, you don't want to work with me at Sometimes like there's a great situations where I'm the best agent for you to handle that situation. I'm going to be the one to tell you that right. if there's a better agent for you to handle that first time by home buyer situation, like you don't want me replacing a buyer's reply to inspection list. I probably shouldn't be sitting here on a podcast. Seven times. <laughs> but I'm dead but serious. There's people like, in here that are, there's people in here that yeah. are experts at that. Right. So that's for me, like, that's not my level of my playing field. So why would I go in there and play in that space? Yeah. Let me give you the best of the best. That's going to give you the best results and overachieve that and, you know, blow past your expectations and then have everybody come behind you, repeat referral business. That's what I mean, I, a lot of my business comes from a specific referral network that I have. And someone called me yesterday. It was another agent in an office that spoke to my referral partner for that state. And they said they had a referral for Philadelphia. Well, I get the referral or the, the agents talk to me and she says it's for a place that's like an hour and a half away. And I'm like, listen, I could get in my car and drive there. And I, I'm not saying I wouldn't, yep. um, but, and I knew that I could have, I have a partner that is the expert of that area sure. that I'm not going to make any money off this triangle right now, but it will in the circle yeah. of selling you your go. circle, Bring come back, back to me. Yep. So like, I just was like, listen, like I would love to take this referral, but they're going to do a better job than me. And, and Simple that's, put. that's, you know, that's a, that's a great step towards where you're trying to go probably, right? Being able to say no. Being yeah. able to put your foot, not put your foot down, but being able to be like, you know what? Own Juliana would chase that and go drive an hour and a half and probably literally look back and say, I should have never done that. Right. right. How many times have you done that? Once you get to that position where you could start saying, you know what? I'm not the right person and actually believe that. Right. Yeah. That's the difference. Like in my head, I'm not saying like, you don't want me writing buyer's reply to inspection. Right. Like I freaking know you don't want me writing a buyer's reply to inspection. So I speak in confidence. Like I say what I believe. And that's, so, you know, that's really like kind of what I get at is well, that's our goal here is we want to put the people in the position to be successful and, and do the right thing. And that's really ultimately um, why I think we saw success. I mean, I think we've just put people in a position where they wanted to be and do what they wanted to do. And we just allowed them to do that, coached them, trained them and gave them the support. So, 42-ish people? Agents? They're going age, girl. I was like, damn. No, I know um, you're not 42. You're 36. There you go. Let's bring that back up again, too. Um, but, yeah, no, so I got, I got 42. Yeah, we're, I think we're right around 42 people. We have 27 active selling agents. Okay. 27 active selling agents How on many, the team. How many or hourly? Uh, we're eight full-time employees, and I have two additional VAs that are, you know, full-time support, but not here in office. We have a mix of, uh, you know, people in office. Six really work full-time in office. Yeah. Three kind of work in and out, half and half, and then some people do have the work from home life. Uh, you know, more of the conveyances are our, our, right. our transaction management. I mean, you don't want them in the office. You don't want to see them, so they're offsite. 
So, but they are direct. Is that specifically you don't want to see them? Well, you know, truthfully, I mean, that's how those people they're they're, they're working. They're behind okay. the screens, right? We want them servicing clients, churning. So deals. you're saying like they don't need to be here. They don't need to be right. Here. right. Yeah, we like to keep the spaces and everything here for people that we want to see. You know, it's really our selling space. We call it downstairs, like our bullpen down there is yeah. it's for deals, it's for opportunities, right. for speaking, training. You know, so we don't want to put too much staff, too much operations out there. We kind of try to put that in behind the scenes. That's closed door stuff. Outside, out front, like you want people hearing, you know, yeah. people talking and understanding and hearing how they're, you know. So at the like, when did the Jim Roach real estate team come like about? Because I would say that you didn't operate under that initially. No. So like I ended, I was just an individual agent. It was right. just me. And then I branded myself as Jim Roche, Jim okay. Roche Real Estate. And then as I grew, it was simple because I knew where I wanted to go. That was kind of my path. Like I was Jim Roche, individual solo agent. And then I knew I needed to go to a team and I knew I would get there. So I added Jim Roche Real Estate just to brand myself. I wanted the kind of people to think of me. And then I added team in when I started adding agents and, you know, started layering support underneath. So that was... Uh, the team officially launched, you know, January of 2018, really. Okay. I mean, it was, um, you know, and, and the funny thing about it is if you look like our first year in business, we did 30 million in volume. The second year in business, we did 70 and then we went to 140. And generally, how many people did you have at 30 million? Uh, 30 million was myself, uh, one admin and, <laughs> and like three agents. And I was doing 87% of the business, yeah. you know? So I've stepped out of sales. That was the hardest thing anybody's done. And I've like, not in out of sales. I still sell and work development and re really like, you know, I work at a, a certain price point or a certain, um, you know, uh, location or product right. type, but getting out from the day to day and the minuscule work of that was the hardest transition because that's what I grew and that's what my business was, you know, and then at the end of the day, my name was on the door and I'm handing them off to somebody, but they're not, you know, it, it was, it was a growing, there was a lot of different growing pains there, but that was growth points. And I started to realize it came down to people. So like I've spoken to a handful of, I would say, like mega agents or rainmakers or team members, and they will always say it like never happens slowly. Mm -hmm. It always is like there's a point of time where it like just jumps. What is the like what is the mental, emotional like mindset around that? Like, how do you deal with the going from this level of stress to this level of stress? Yeah. So I'll tell you, like, I'll kind of give you a little lead in into that and tell you, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's the truth. I mean, when you're growing and especially in real estate sales, businesses and business, it's cyclical, right? You go up like we are, you're growing so much and the market drops, it's something out of your control and you can't do it. So like the business and the growth, the top players, a lot of times are always the top players for so long because it's just they consistently do it. People burn out and with the ebbs and flows, it's just kind of how things work. But for me, it was COVID. Um, my business was growing. I had, you know, I made the most money I made in my entire life a year before. And I knew I was in a position now of kind of, that was 2020, right? Like, I mean, like it was 2019 came out of it. I was crushing business by myself. I couldn't turn my phone off. I was working literally 16, 17 hour days. And I, you know, I had my son like, and it just kind of clicked, you know, my son was, um, you know, my son's now, he's five now. So mm -hmm. he's been with me, like really, I mean, he's been with me like he's a, like a dog. But, you know, <laughs> you know, like my son's been a part of my life since I've been growing on the team. So I never right. really grew the team without my son. So it's kind of weird because I've never seen that. But that was the point to where I really realized that like if I want to grow a business and I want to be available for him forever, I have to do the work that I need to do now. You know, right. like I don't want to be the person who misses those things and misses those opportunities. And seeing the baby, I was like, shit, 
those things are coming. They're right. coming quick and you're not ready for it. So what are we going to do and what are we going to do today? And when COVID hit, I was just, I sat in my house, you know, and I'm going to be honest, like I go stir crazy. You can see me, I'm, I'm ready to like just walk off. Not yeah. that, not that I think you're doing a bad job being a full-time podcaster. It's just like a, my head's all over the place, but, um, <laughs> they, but you know, it, but, now I lost my train of thought. But what I was trying, what I'm trying to get to is that fuck what I said. Busting jokes on me. Now you lost your train of thought. I mean, I led myself in the up. house, stir crazy. No, in the house, selling stir crazy. <laughs> and then I really realized, like, as COVID happened, houses were still selling, but I saw a lot of agents and a lot of the larger teams kind of de de invest in their teams, meaning they saw it as a vacation. Back. They yeah. saw it as a vacation. They're like, I don't have to go to the office. I don't have to deal with agents. Listen. I don't have to do that. I saw it as my agents need. I need right. to double down. I'm, I was freaking out. I was panicked. I quit my job. I was like, I got a kid. What the fuck am I going to do? You know? Right. So I, I went to work. Um, I'm dead serious. Like, I, I'll never forget, like, April of 2020. I hired Liz in June. I never hired a mar marketing coordinator or anything. I, everybody was laying the things off. I always say, like, Liz is one of the best things, you know. And, uh, you know she is. One of the best I'm gifts. I'm telling that, you she is. <laughs> yeah, one of the best gifts that I got in that business was me having the confidence in myself to go and make that hire. Because you know how it is. Making your first hire is always the hardest. Your second's. You still have that anxiety, but I did that in the middle of COVID. I wasn't, I didn't even show a house in 2020 before I hired Liz. Right. So think about fear, but that was when I bet on myself. And that was when I had that growth period as I was a solo agent to where I really, you know, yeah. really worked through that and it's mental more, stuff. It's, you, you're like, I got to pay her. So like, I have to get it. You get that sense of responsibility yeah. at a stage that I'm at now. Like I have, I have an, um, an employee on maternity leave. Right. You know what I mean? Like. That's crazy. And then like, you know, so I look at her and I want to make sure she's comfortable yeah. and she's covered because I know how my wife felt when she had her kids. So I'm not like, fuck, man, this is a real goddamn business, you know? So yeah. you got to like, you got to, and that's when you start feeling that you got to start treating and start preparing for it. Did you have like any idea that that's where yeah. this was going? No idea. I'll be honest with you. Um, I still don't have any idea where it's going. I do. Right. But I just think that um, it's great. It's like that. I love it. I just... I'm I'm just I'm someone who just likes to continue to be challenged and grow. Yeah, like, I'm so tired. You're definitely get, like competition oriented, and in, in a very like good way, though. Yeah. like a healthy, natural yeah. way. Like I don't see anybody as a competitor. Right. Like I really, really don't because I think everybody does things differently, and I think there is enough business. Like I used to hate that there's enough business for everyone. There is. Right. I'll be completely honest with you. There is, and yeah. once you get over that and you start feeling angry and being envious of people throwing things up at, like be proud be supportive once you right. can support people and appreciate what they're doing what they're going to give back to you in life or what you're going to feel when you see that it changes your tune instead of feeling oh i'm so angry i'm so mad about i wanted that business it's man i wonder what that person did to go get that what yeah. can i go do to get that? like how's it cool do you think that person did? totally you know, i've i've said for the longest time and my friend mara has this saying she says create over compete all the time yep. she's actually on this before and that is something that has been a big part of like selling your circle and like my whole business is that I have made relationships with other agents in our market down in down yep. the street from yep. here that have given me opportunity and helped me with, you know, getting deals done because I've been more of a support rather than yep. like, oh, well, I got to beat them out because yep. that house is on my block or like whatever the case may be. Like it's, it's and I will be honest, I think that's one thing that I will say I will, you know, I'll give myself credit to like pat myself on the back for it was like I. I knew what my biggest goal and, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate now to have, you know, um, high level mentors and people that can help lead me. I didn't have that when I was growing. I tried to do everything myself, but once I realized that it wasn't about me, it was about the people. Yeah. 
I realized that not burning bridges, not being a, you know, a dickhead to people throughout my transactions and, and being the right person and doing the right things. Now, was there bad deals and bad situations? Yeah, right? Like always, it's always going to happen, but it doesn't take or it doesn't take any more to be a good person. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't just to do the right thing is not hard. Yeah. It's actually harder to do the bad thing sometimes in my head, at least yeah. how I operate. So well, I would say it's not a war. It's not. Like we're and just here to get to, the, the same. We ha all have the same goal is to close this deal and get paid and like make sure that our people are good. We don't have to be like arguing the whole time. Some old school broker that probably wrote pen and paper, no, no offense, um, <laughs> told me that, you know, like one thing is it's a cooperating business. Yeah. It takes two to tango. And the one thing I never got and I never understand is like two agents sending each other an agreement, but like arguing. It's like, right. You want to, do you argue with your boss before you get a paycheck? Right. Hey, but I don't know. You work together. Did you get your job to get your paycheck? Yeah. Right. To do your job. It's not saying that's what you're after, but that's like, when you start there, level one, you're not going to have a good long term I career. I always call the, if I'm on the buy side, I call the listing agent and I'm like, Hey, I'm about to write this up. What is it? Is there something besides price? Yeah. Like, is there something else I can do to help you make your life easier and get this done and get my clients what they want too? like, that's not. That's not a negative on my clients. No. If I can find out more information that of what they actually want and give it to them and they use it, like yep. everyone's happy. It's I don't know why honor. people are sure. so like scared to even make that call or generally just like, oh, I had, I had an agent the other day that was like, oh, I can't tell you that. I'm like, what do you mean you can't tell me that? Yeah. What do you mean you can't say something? Exactly like right. you, you can't tell, tell me, me that there's six other offers and you can't tell me exactly what the terms are. All right, fine. So if somebody would hit me with, I can't tell you that my, in my head would be his guy doesn't know how to negotiate. Right. I so no me, idea. Like mm -hmm. me uh, being in the business longer saying, oh, I can't tell you that tells me that I'm going to put you in a pretzel and I'm my client's going to walk out <laughs> here with best. Deal. I love when they chuckle when they say that to yeah, me, though. It, and I think like maybe I just, you know, like, I have a young voice. They hear me on the phone. They don't know some like older duties like oh, no, I can't tell you. that. I, I'm yeah, like, OK. All right. <laughs> I don't stand like I really, really like one thing that I kind of put my like kind of put my foot down on is like especially for my agents i just don't yeah. like people treating anybody with a disrespectful tone and manner yeah. it's just like I, I call up the agents sometimes and i'll talk to the broker or the co-op on the other side and be like why, why do you have to be mean like right like what's the point here you know and you yeah. kind of kill them with kindness a little bit and it changes their tune but it, it's it's the god honest truth i think a lot of people i mean you heard me say it down there juliana this episode is brought to you by castle public adjusters if you have fallen victim to property damage castle public adjusters is your first and only call they will make sure that you get the maximum compensation for your property loss. Remember, avoid the hassle. Just call Castle. 215-752-1237. Every entrepreneur, every salesperson, every person who is in business for themselves, their number one biggest enemy is themselves. Yeah. It's what they do. It's what how they think. It's how they interact. So like when I, well, out of our training and a lot of things that we do, it, like we always lean into our mindset and who we are because that's the first key. If you can't get over that, you're not, like, don't even try. Right. Right. You're just wasting your time. Move on. You know, it's like you were in there in, in the class today and you heard me say, I like made them call, run their cost per hour. And yeah. I told one of the agents, I said, oh, like, you think that's worth your hour? Yeah. No, go on Indeed and go pick out another job that. and you can go to work because that's how you need to he look was like, at it. Yeah. What it, the fuck? Yeah. And kids crushing it, right? Yeah. Having a great year, great probably year. flying cloud nine. The fact is, that's how that agent needs to be trained and needs right. to be held accountable. I know that agent wants to do that. And you know you can talk it. to them that way. Yeah. Exactly right. You know, and I'm not going to I mean, there were things that you ways. said that resonated with me and choice of words that worked for me specifically yeah. that may not work for someone they else. They may not work for everybody else. Yeah. And it's kind of knowing the room and just so like, you know, to, to 
what do we call it? The audience? Yeah. The pod? The podcast or whatever? Yeah. Our viewers? Our viewers. Our listeners? Our listeners? Well, it's video and audio. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but our listeners. Monetization on YouTube. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but our, like our listeners, like, our oh, But what's, what's different about us is like, for me, understanding that and being able to train on an individualized, but also a larger level is, 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 is much difficult, very, very difficult thing to do, but it's something you get better at and you do it by knowing your people. And that all comes from culture. You know, so I knew I could push Martino and push my agents in those positions because I know that person, you know, and that's what's different about us. It's what's different about our, our, our group here. And that's what's different about our, our results really. Yeah. You know, so, so you have multiple divisions for the team. Yeah. Yep. Commercial. I just, yeah. Commercial, residential, obviously. Um, so really about, you know, majority of our business is residential sales. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about 30, 40, 30% of the outside of that is about development sales and yeah. commercial, you know, acquisition dispositions. And then, um, you know, then obviously we just have our, you know, our other divisions as far as our New Jersey division, et cetera, yeah. being that we have agents that work there, but we really localized it and focused on it. Um, one, obviously a big Keller model is you shouldn't be managing more than five people. Like I don't want my directors of sales to be over leveraged and, you know, and have too much responsibility on their plate. So we have a lot of people that can help out and step into different places. So for me, um, my leadership team that I speak with, it's myself and six people. Um, and they all kind of report to me at different divisions, right? So, you know, marketing comes to me with marketing issues and marketing fires. My COO comes to me with my operational issues and overall encumbrancing issues. You know, my company president brings me sales issues. And then my directors bring me localized sales issues, whether it's, hey, we have like, um, you know, we're seeing this trend in the market, we should move and do things here. Hey, you know, um, our agent Billy's struggling, you know, which lean into them a little bit more. So there's a lot of fires. There's a lot of things that can be thrown at you at any position. Um, you know, I mean, do we do a lot of business here? So there's a lot of shit yeah. that, you know, pops up and comes it's, through. It's the hardest I thing to manage. I find it fascinating to see teams like yourself running businesses. Like yeah. this isn't just real estate anymore. Like no. we're not just selling. This is an operation. There's employees. Like I think it's very interesting to see that at that level. And I talked about it with Rachel Pritzker on an episode or two ago, like, she went to law school yep. to become an attorney. She didn't go to law school to become a business owner. And now she's also dealing with the the leadership side of it and the organizational side of it and the scheduling and dealing with people's emotions yep. as employees and that type of thing. So it's very interesting that we go out there and we're like, okay, we're going to sell real estate, going to go take a $500 course. Yep. And then we turn it into this. Well, so I think what that's what's different about what we're doing here truthfully because right. i think that's what it is is and one thing that i've realized and you know one thing that i've looked at and i'm i i continue is i don't want to be i like being ahead of the market and being ahead of the trend like my number one motto i always say is like i want to beat the buyer to zillow like i want to get the buyer before the buyer goes to zillow if i can figure out a way to do that i'll have a long and successful career right and that's how i focus on and, and concentrate my energy on everything so for us like the way we looked at it is the brokerage our ability to have clients i mean at the end of the day everybody's after data they want people they want yeah. information you know um and so the way we looked at our business and you know someone gave me this analogy and i take in you know run with it like it's my own but it's definitely <laughs> not is uh, like a brokerage is a movie theater you know when you go to a movie you buy a movie ticket you pay to watch the movie that's that's who basically the whoever directed, filmed it, produced it. That's who's getting the ticket price. Where does the movie theater make money? They're selling you candy, popcorn, soda, all that BS with basically like all the same services. One like movie center, they're the same person that's handing you the movie tickets, also handing you the popcorn. 
Yeah. So specialized services, you know, they can do everything. That's where they make their money. So I look at the brokerage as the same exact way. We have the agent where we have the we have the sale, we have the transaction. Well, we also own a title company, title insurance company here. I also own a property management company here. Um, you know, we also own, we do development, we do investment sales, we do everything. So for us as agents, we always say like one of the things, and I said, I tell my agents all the time is stop looking at houses as an agent, look at them as an investor. Mm -hmm. Once you start looking at things a little bit in a different way, you can understand how your client looks at them and you can start selling at a much higher level. So just little tips and tricks like that. But for us, it's just, you know, continuing to grow and just, and, uh, you know, adding things that are going to add value to our clients and to our agents, right? Property management, you know, uh, HubKey Property Management, which launched here in Philadelphia. Our goal and our job, what we're after with HubKey, is to only really specialize the accidental landlord. You know, Juliana who bought yeah. her house and now can't sell her house because she's got a 3.25 interest rate, but she's moving to the burbs and her and her husband want to keep it, but they don't want to manage it. They don't want to rent it. They want to sell it. Well, HubKey, what we did is we went out, we built a property management brokerage that's built on customer service, that services well, it's built by investors who knows what issues they have. And the best part is our referrals, where our clients are coming from, are realtors. And how yeah. we're protecting them is by guaranteeing them their business. It's back. a resource it's, from the team. Too. It's not. It's also not sponsored by Hubkey. But not sponsored by Hubkey. It's not sponsored by Hubkey. Yeah. It's fine. Don't send us a bill. It's fine. Partners will be pissed about that. That's fine. But, <laughs> no, but that's but yeah, what I'm getting to in a sense. Like the whole, the whole point of everything is, is that that's the point of what we're trying to do is it's like we have an ability here to build an ecosystem and to co- co-create and the people that are coming in here are building businesses together. I have two developers downstairs that have $40 million in development. You know, yeah. I have multiple people that own businesses and, 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 and operate businesses at different levels. So that's what's exciting. Me. Like, yeah. I love running businesses. Is that like the, your favorite part yeah. about it? One thousand percent. Yeah. That was intriguing to me when I was here before for something. And um, two younger guys who were down there on a panel just talking about like the development stuff that they're working on themselves. Like yep. it wasn't like they were doing the deals. Like it was theirs. And I'm yeah. like, that's real in front of me right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, which is, of, is exciting. One of the agents on my team, you know, and, and it's weird. So just real quick, going back to being a good person. If you look at all the people that are on leadership team, like my president, of my company is my mentor getting into the business. Right. Um, my director of development was kind of my, the mentee yeah. person I trained my director of sales and my broker of rec- is the broker record for all of Keller Williams was sat next to me in my office, right? Um, at, at my, my past broker. So I kept these people tight and I grew yeah. with these people for a while. And what that does is that then shows you number one, like, it's not like an interview. Like when I come and meet people, like these people know me, they know who I am as a person. They trust me. I've never done things in a, uh, like a vicious or malicious way to hurt anybody or do anything. So like I can back myself up at the end of the day, I always say, you know, like, I can put my head down. I put my head down on the pillow at night. And I, when I do sleep, I sleep I sleep okay because I know I do the right thing. And I just feel like that's how you operate. But that's also what you do now when you're selling your circle. Right now can literally impact you forever. Yeah. So it's just so important to remember it, like, you know, all those things. Yeah. Good stuff. So a couple more things here. One, I wrote this down on a piece of paper because I didn't want to be distracted by things popping up on my phone, okay? So I purposely took this go. off my phone oh, okay, and wrote this okay, down right, for you, right, out of respect for you, okay? okay? Calling me old and shit. You can move the mic, it's fine. I'll read you. We'll readjust. Thank you. <laughs> so watch it. I haven't shut the hell up. I know. Well, I mean, the point of the podcast is for you to talk, so I guess it's fun. So, all right. A couple over-under things. Yeah. Me and if you've been watching the podcast, Nick DeLuca and I did some overrated, underrated stuff. 
I want to do the same kind of thing with overrated, you. Overrated, underrated. All right. So we'll start with the overrated, underrated. Door knocking. I heard you say something downstairs that I was surprised to hear from you. So yeah. I'm curious to see how you respond I would to this. say 2023 overrated. Well, god damn. For you, it's overrated. It, it's neutral. <laughs> I would say it's neutral. So here's why. I'm back and forth on door knocking. It started my career. I mean, yeah. to be honest with you. And it wasn't in the setting of knock, knock, hi, I want to, you know, um, I'm here from Comcast. Do you want the internet or, you know, do you want to buy or sell your home? I was just literally just trying to build relationships and meet people. That's all I wanted to do. Right. I didn't care if it came to one lead or sell. I didn't care about that. I wanted to have conversation. Yeah. Having conversation leads to business. Stop going after like leads and pe just have conversation in the, around the world. It will come and it will adopt you if yeah. you consistently do it. The one thing that's different about door knocking now, I mean, I hate when people knock on my doors, but the thing that's different <laughs> now versus before, what is it? COVID. Exactly right. Everybody's home. Yeah. So now people are answering their door. You get your food ordered from DoorDash now. So now people are more likely to answer a door and open a door than ever before, yeah. which is funny because it's like, I mean, you have guys COVID. downstairs that are like heavy door knockers. Oh, huge. You know, so yeah. I would say, let's call that, uh, I'll go for the PC answer underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Uh, mailers. Underrated. Cold. What, but not mess. Handwritten, postcard, note card. Two clients, specific written letters make, make more of an impact than than sending out thousands and thousands of page postage. There was, when I first got into the business and I was in productivity coaching, there was a thing like a 10104 or something like that. Yep. I forget what it's called. And I did do like 10 handwritten notes every day. And I haven't done that in a long time. I should probably get back if to you, that. I used to write 10 a day when I was growing my business. And I wouldn't go and I would literally, I would start the letter with dear after every time I met the lead, I'd bring them with me on door knock deer, blah, blah, blah. So I knew I wouldn't not write that letter because I'd already wasted a postcard. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm starting a business. I'm counting yeah. all my expenses. You know? So I'm like, yeah, can't, can't be wasting the postcard. Right. I have to go find another Lynette to door knock and send a letter to. So. Right. Um, cold, uh, cold calling. Uh, underrated. Right. Underrated. I mean, for sure. 1,000%. You're hitting me with all lead gen sources. Do you think you know? that... So, you have to be, you have to master cold calling to be successful in real estate? Not at all. Not at all. Cause I never did it for me. It was just that I realized I sucked at cold calling. So I realized if I wanted to be successful, I had to go do something else. Yeah. You just do have you, to try. Is that a requirement here? Um, lead generation is yeah. But not cold calling. Not cold calling. Okay. You know, you can, you can lead generate any way you want. You know, right. we have, you know, we have people who generate leads any opportunity. I don't care how you get them. As long as you can find them, service them and sell them. It's yeah. The name of the game. Client parties hugely underrated and biggest our biggest events i mean jim and real estate eagles tailgates like the number is that one do you think is that where you spend the most money yeah big time big time events i mean we uh we touch our clients frequently like really really frequently we like to be in front of them we we are big presence people yeah but that's who we are like right. that's you see our energy yeah. you see our environment like you know we're not the you know the thanksgiving pies um you know, come come bring your kids and sit on Santa's lap and pictures. We'll do it for you if you want to. But we like getting in front of you and having fun. Yeah. And, you know, enjoying life. Life's too short, you know? Well, you guys do a lot of team building stuff, too. This is aside from the overrated, underrated. Yeah. I would say that in on a local level that you would be known for that. 1,000%. And that's huge because, like, just for example, we had a brand new agent join our team. Pretty much didn't know anybody. And he's there and he wasn't going to come. 
because he knows what his job is. His job's to write an agreement. And we're like, listen, this is a day for us to work and get to learn and get to know each other, get down here. The kid was sitting next to, he wrote the offer with the agent, with an agent around him, with the team there, got it accepted later. Like he was going to put himself, it's just in his head. Like he yeah. just got in his own way there. Yeah. It's just like for us, when you stand around and you're sur surrounding yourself with the right people, successful people, you're going to be successful. You know, success breeds success. It's just being in the same room. So we like getting people out and making sure they're comfortable. Like it's funny when we have, we, we do two events a year where it's like significant others, husbands, wives, and you start seeing at events now that these people have been around for so long, like they're talking to each other more than like even anybody else is, you yeah. know? So we strive for that. I mean, that's bottom line. Culture is our number one, number, number one thing. We do you know do. off the top of your head, generally what you spend yearly on, uh, employee stuff not like, client events like company team yeah company and team events yeah i mean probably it really depends on what we're doing and just solely for like just company events yeah i mean it, it's significant it's, it's probably close to like four to five grand like every two months i mean like if yeah. we do we usually try to do one big thing a quarter is how yeah. we do it and you know we'll spend 40 50 grand a year on team cost and team you know but that includes all of our training that's realistic though it includes all of our trainings. Like we do an offsite down in Atlantic City. That's a you know we do a, a fall business planning clinic, a spring um, a spring our fall wealth building clinic, a spring business planning clinic. We do different things like that. So that stuff's all included. But that's what we lean into. For me, that's a big, that's a major major expense and a line item that I'll never take away because that's the foundation of the business. Yeah. So back to overrated, underrated industry conventions. Overrated. Showing assistance. Underrated. Underrated right now, I think in the right model. I just don't, have you ever seen a, anybody in Philly actually run a showing agent model really well? I feel like it's like a national thing. To be quite honest with you, before I was in Philly, when I did suburbs, I was a showing assistant for probably like six months, um, maybe a little bit less than that, just suburbs because it got slow for me. And I just implemented this agent's, he was doing like maybe 400 to 500 on average clients, and he was like rolling oh, it's just, and so so that's a lot of volume and like it was a, a lot in a, of volume in a setting of like shelves yeah it was probably like buyer, probably showing eight to ten houses end of buyer. 2020 maybe yep. so um so i just implemented it into my own personal business and i didn't have a lot going on i did maybe eight or nine deals that year i think nine deals so so it worked because he paid me 10 percent of every single deal yep. and once i started with a client i got paid no matter what happened yep. some i sold one in telford for like 650 and it was the first showing i did with those clients and then there's clients to this day that still have never purchased see but you were so young, but you, so you were young and what i would say there is you were finding opportunity right? yeah you i were, learned you were, so much you were r d and off of somebody else's client right yeah how of an like that's an entrepreneurial mindset and an entrepreneurial yeah. like move right i want to go grow my business while practicing on somebody else's literally hell yeah let's let's go like that's how yeah. you said that's how you go showing assistant like well, what i meant really i meant in the city condensed down here yeah. you could show a lot of houses at once you know typically buyers move pretty pretty frequently i know a ton of agents that move in at a high level i've i'm excited for here until one of our agents gets to the position where we need to have a shot we're there we're i will on, say they're uh, not ready to pay for it yeah <laughs> i haven't i have a friend of mine in arizona that made her mom a showing assistant yeah. about two three years ago her mom did like 80k off being a showing assistant all she had to do was open doors i've seen a lot of husband and wives yeah. What better person to know your client? And then you get to work together as a couple, right? You taxes know? are better. Uh, it, there's a, and there's a number of different things, except that yeah. when, I'm assuming your dinner 
table conversations probably aren't most entertaining or anything. Really you got to figure that part. out. That's what the coach and the therapist that, is that's for. One thousand percent. Okay, sure. so some unpopular opinions. Yeah. Um, leaving your card at the showing. Never. I don't even have cards. Me neither. I actually was just talking to Andrew about how I just got some cards because a couple of the condo buildings in the city will require you to give your business yeah. card to get into the showing. That's the only reason why I have them. So I have this cards. I'm pretty sure it's it. The only reason I have them is to be that formal old school. Brain, yeah. Like, but now I'm going to meetings with even guys that are, you know, two times, three times, whatever, not three times, she's my age. And they're coming out and they're pulling out their business. They're like, oh, let me go grab my card. You know, it's yeah. listen, at the end of the day, your email address and your website's your business card. To be quite honest with you, the reason why, the main reason why I stopped doing it is because I made a really good contact card and I don't want to hand someone my card. I want to text on my contact card and get their phone number. Well, I think one of the things I learned from you actually, and I thought was pretty interesting is that you get them. Yeah, right. Oh, look at you. Yeah. That's why, that's why I started my new Instagram account. That's where you got to get the following. Okay, what I want to hear this. I don't know it. But no, you said you make everyone contact you first time yeah. through Instagram. Right? Yeah. Like majority of people come to you and contact you through Instagram. Or oh, yeah. You'll communicate. Like that blows my mind. I like after that, I was texting or tried to text you and answer. And I sent your Instagram and it was like right back. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. No, it did happen. <laughs> I wouldn't make that up. Like I'd come on, you know come on the pod and drop fake knowledge i'm but, just purposely ignoring i mean <laughs> this is the girl that's on you know it's she's in a picture next to ed by let so dude I'm how about that how's that that's like gotta be some like i mean i searched selling your shit. circle and then you one came time up and then so did ed my <laughs> wait that's honestly pretty cool though that is if cool. you search selling your circle ed my comes up right next to it well i was listening to ed my when i was coming down i don't know we're gonna give you a credit <laughs> dude i don't know what's going on here but i'm We're here about for to it. pop off listen so that is a good point i have been getting people like first of all honestly i don't know if i want everyone to have my phone number i will tell you that to be so, quite honest with you so this is it's funny thing you bring up so like i am i have my personal like i've always i'm not a social media guy. like when i was i was the secret agent i was the undercover agent which is i'm trying to teach my team not to do yeah um, so now on my personal Facebook and the things like, you know, which is stupid, right? Dumb, small things, my personal Instagram, where it's like my family, my kids, my aunts, stuff like that. Like now it's getting, I mean, I have hundreds of follower requests on my private Instagram. I'm like, why? If people want to hear from you, why aren't you giving that? Why aren't you delivering that value? So that's why I started like the different Instagram account now. Yeah. So start flowing content through there. Now I have somebody that's coming behind me. We're filming consistent content and putting it out. But like for me, I, I hate. Yeah, you love it. I hate it, but it's my responsibility. But I'm happy you're job. doing it, though, yeah, because I think you'll, mo you'll monetize it, get, uh, Jim Roche dot R-A. Oh, Michelle. there's another one. It's a brand new IG girl. Oh. We're about to pop. You right. actually might be the first, well, the second follower. I will. Behind Jim Roche. Um, I'm, not I'm not following myself, though, because I don't want people. I don't follow myself yeah. on my other accounts. Just, Am I giving myself an extra follow? I guarantee you do. I don't think I do, actually. Uh -oh. Wait, maybe I do. <laughs> Wait, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, on the podcast one, I don't. No, I don't. On the podcast I'll, one, I follow you, and I follow the Island podcast, and I follow one other person on there, I think. that um No, but that's what I'm saying, though, is, like, getting to what you're saying, Julian, is, like, it's a different day. Like, I wanted everybody back in the day. I used to burn through business cards. Yeah. You know, door knocking, literally hundreds, hundreds of them, and just fly through them. It didn't turn in like right. I don't know if the business cards did anything, but that's a prime example of like that's just a 
shift in the marketplace to where people are just trying to get out of need to get to yeah. the times and lean in on that. I just don't, I, I want to have the information immediately. And the other side, the Instagram, the side of the, where, where I'm at with my head on yeah. why I get people to follow me is because, so look at the example I gave the day I was here is that I went to a DJ, like a show somewhere yeah. and the girl we were talking, I said, Oh, like follow me on Instagram because I'm not going to convert her right away through text. Yeah. There's no reason for me to text her like, and it's Hey, how you doing? Up. Whatever. But if she follows me back, then she'll see my home tours. She'll see when I close on a house. She'll see when I'm going to another show. Maybe she's going to see something that she likes. She interacts with it. Then I, then I go and message her again. Exactly. Like it gives me a reason to get in front of her organically where she doesn't even think that I'm getting in front it's of her. It's the God of truth because what are you going to do? Are you going to text that random like girl once a week that you met a once year? a week and say, hey, I'm back at this concert. You still looking to buy or you'd be the weirdest person right? Know, right? But, but if she you is, naturally, I'm training her to like my Instagram posts uh, you know, instead. We, that's to train your mind, to train your clients yeah. still, you know, that's what you're kind of working through. So taking rental leads. Uh, no, never. I'm overrated. It's an unpopular opinion. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the way. <laughs> is it really? Um, uh, is it really? I, I mean, like, I take them. I used to never take them. So I am a big firm believer in this. There are businesses for rental companies. If you want to be a rental agent, yeah. you go work at a rental company. Well, if you want to be a real estate agent, you go work in, and you want to sell homes, you go to sell homes. Like, I think it's two different things. So like, it's like, um, it's like trying to be an Olympic athlete in swimming and, and running, yeah. you know, like it's two different. But well, would skills. you tell your young agents down that so have nothing to turn it away? We, I like to tell my agents when they come in here, number one, to be realistic and understand yes we do we have absolutely like that's who takes our new yeah. our rental leads right but i don't want them i want them out of it i want them to not but not get become, stuck in that because what everybody falls back on is oh, i'll just do a rental oh i didn't lead jen if i, I need to pay rent honestly I'll just cover i mean rental. like i just recently just started doing it just because it was popping up so much through social media and i try to convert them the buyers mm -hmm. first which it's, i have that so if you're going to take it and do something beneficial with the crm aspect of it or with the client aspect of it it's fine but if yeah. you're just doing rentals to pay your bills go get a new job like that's yeah. what i say all the time because you're just a, you're just preemptively setting yourself up for failure yeah and ex it's interesting it's i don't know why just recently i've gotten so many leads from social media like tiktok specifically that i don't want to turn it no. away because of where it's from exactly right now you have to remember too juliana what like how your business is ran right your business is a business where you want you have exposure and people are coming to you and you don't you know you want to cultivate and bring people in you don't want to turn anybody off but you tell one person especially in your sphere your yeah. circle where you are that you don't do that yeah I know. I don't like that. And then doing it's that. right to the next person. But I did have a showing assistant part-time yeah. that also is getting into his own business that he'll take them. I would. That's 100% what I would do is if I would tell you, how can you take that lead, mentor and train an agent yeah. and get a little bit and of it And it gives them back. money. Exactly right. Yeah. I agree with you. I, right. I get that. I think there's a time and a case for it, but I do not think like- Well, for you specifically, it's we not We don't like- like I don't really even have them. I'm not talking me specifically. Yeah. I'm talking solely my agents. Like I don't even let them really chase them. Like or listing leads. Yeah. Like I mean, now it's it's a whole different game out there. Like just stick to what you're good with. Truthfully, yeah. is how I kind of look. At I it. do think you can make a good business if you wanted to just be a rental. One thousand percent. Yeah. That's like right. we had a kid on here that specializes in temple housing, and he probably does like ninety k. Exactly. And just right. yeah. 
couple months. And and it, that's that's a niche market, a niche business. That's going to work well. But that's yeah. something, yeah, it's just one guy does something small and just cranks it and he works his deal yeah. and runs through and works for him. But you know, we got bigger, 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 bigger things to focus on. Unpopular opinion, brokers opens sell houses. Um, no. Brokers opens, I think. What are, is the purpose that you do brokers opens for? My clients think that they sell houses, truthfully. I mean, it'd be and that's why you do them. Well, not really. I mean, it does give us a good opportunity to highlight the house and it depends. Right. So it also depends on what you're selling it at. But um, I don't think brokers open sell houses. I mean, what's the last brokers open you went to that you put an offer in on? Emerald Street. It was yours. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it, though. There were multiple bids on that. Yeah. We, hell of a broker's backed, open then. We backed out. Maybe I'll go to my own broker's We open. backed out. It was me against one other person. Um, but no, that's the guy on the street. That's kind of how we, 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 we look at it. We look at the broker's open aspect of like who it's going to attract in and who it's going to draw. For development sales, it's different. There's different models. There's different units, finishes. People want to see that sorts of yeah. stuff. Re residential and standard retail at a regular level of that's continuously turning over. You know, no. Um, but multi multi-million luxury yeah because once again people want to get in there but the fact is and you know i sell luxury i sell from a luxury point all the way down to a lower point like i'll tell you your luxury buyers aren't buying the house from your you know yeah from your brokers open and it, it's just you know i think gone. you need to in, in this market right now my god honest truth is you need to focus your time your energy and your effort and your dollars into places that are going to give you and yield you the best return and i don't think buying you know primos hoagies and and shuffling in 12 people yeah. Um, is going to make any impact on my business. I'd rather sit behind my desk and make a hundred outbound phone calls to people than doing it. I've only gone to brokers opens to get content for my social media. And maybe I'll get a buyer from it. Pretty much why everybody comes you to know? ours as well. They right. come in and Do they... you want to know the real reason why I think you do brokers opens? What's that? <laughs> I think it's a recruiting recruiting thing. Um and there, not, not that you're angled at, like, I'm going to host this broker's open because people are going to come in the door and I'm going to recruit them. I think that oh, it there's naturally. just like a, oh yeah look at how great this is. And then we're going to go do this. And this is the development. And this is the agent. And then this person's there. Like, I met Liz and Marco at the one that I went to. And I love them. Let me tell you one thing. If it was a you different situation. every to, single person you know? in this company. We don't have, we have zero recruitment plan. We have zero recruitment plan. Now, it is an issue. And then. I'm mad about that and I'm in charge of that. It's a, it's a really big <laughs> yeah. six month fire for us, right? Cause like where we're at, I, we don't go out and outwardly hire. Like we know the people that we want and we want to bring here and they naturally just cultivate and come to us when the positions are ready for right. them, right? Like I don't have, I don't pull lists and call like, I'm. we are not a revolving door. I didn't lose my first team member in JRE till this year. Like I never lost, I had a hundred percent retention rate for four years consistently while I was growing my business from one agent all the way now, we're at 40 plus people. So and I'm sure there's multiple reasons, but I would also be like willing to say that it's part of the market. Um, I, well, when I really, a lot of people are jumping around right now. Oh, well, what losing agents? Yeah, I think no, I think the reason we lost the agents because we got clear with what we wanted. And yeah. I think we started to ask and require a lot out of our agents like our, it's getting to that. It's like our time is my time's valuable. Right. We we're just talking about that down there. Like if I'm spending so much time with people that just really don't aren't where we are or want to get to where we want to be like they are better people that have left the team like I, I I'm a, they're still friends of mine. We right. haven't had one person leave an animosity. Like I still support everybody. I'm not going to be great for everybody. Right. You know, I'm going to be great for the right people. And if somebody comes here, we try to make sure that anybody that comes here 
doesn't have to leave. Like, I don't right. want that. I don't want a revolving door. That's a big focus of mine. And that's, that's something we'll always lean in on. Um, at the end of the day, though, you're right. If you ask, like, we have zero recruitment budget. Everything at the end of the day is a recruitment sales and marketing opportunity, isn't it? Every yeah. single thing you do. Every yeah. time this podcast is, you know. I mean, people think that I'm, I'm, I've got a half of a agent with me. Like, it's basically not is even with me. An agent? Half an agent. You can yeah. cut that. I was mean. Um, <laughs> I have a transaction coordinator. No, well, but what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm, like, oh, people come to me and they think that I have, like, a organization. They're like, oh, like. Uh, let's partner up or let's, well, I want to be on the Juliana so Gainsbourg group. Just, and it's not even that. Like people just show up. the important thing to remember and hang on to. The one thing I think that's really happening in our business right now, but it's the people that can deliver that experience are the ones that are going to win. Yeah. I'm telling you because there's a lot of optics out there with social media and the world of everything. Like everybody thinks there's this big thing. Juliana, behind the scenes, if you can deliver the same experience as the Jim Roach real estate team does yeah. with, you know, one tenth of the percent of the expense, I'll join your team. Like I, that's the way to go, right? Like that's what you have to figure out is where right. you want to go and how you want to kind of manage it and put it there. It's all going to be up to what Juliana and what she stands for and what she wants to deliver at the end of the day. If you deliver consistent content, it doesn't matter if you're a team leader of a hundred agent team or you're one person with half an agent and a transaction coordinator. It's about the experience. People will come to you for your experience and that's what I hang on. Like, I, that's what I'm confident on. I know when we do works. I think if we do that consistently and we get the opportunity to show people that we do it at a high level and do it very well, we can't fail, you know? And that's just, I, I and once again, confidence. I just believe that. Yeah. I might be an idiot, but we'll come no. back. No. You're not going to end it on negative self-talk. Oh, no, I don't know where we're going to negative. I thought we're- You said we're idiot. 10, we're 10, 15 minutes in? No, we're- <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. I'm so kidding. you have a new Instagram account. It's, it's very simple. It's just Jim Roche dot Ari. Um, just trying to, but that's what, you know, that'll be my new lean. That'll be the new. I'm lean excited lean. for you. I am. Well, wait that. till you start dropping content. Yeah. Um, then I'm not going to drop. But. Then Jim Roche real estate is yeah, the team. At Jim Roche real estate's the team. Yep. Don't yeah, follow anything else that you see. Cause he <laughs> won't accept it unless you're me. Um, Did you get in? You get, you get through the wall? Yeah. There you go. Was not sitting in purgatory. Yeah. Um, White walkers out there, you know? You don't. If you don't follow me already, Jewel underscore the realtor on Instagram, Jewel the realtor on TikTok, selling your circle on Instagram, selling your circle on TikTok, selling your circle on YouTube, selling your circle on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And if you like what you hear, we'd love your thumbs up, reviews, subscribe, follow, all the things. And that's pretty much it for today. It was great. I had a really, really good time. I'm Thanks. I'm happy you did. Are you sure it's not been 15 minutes? I got to go? Because I have a meeting next and I'm kind of just waiting not to avoid. So we could sit here and chat. I'm going to go down get lunch or <laughs> no, something. You're done. I don't know. Right, I'm done, done for the day. <laughs> this is my last thing. Alrighty. Well, that was it. Thanks you. Thank, thank you for thank you. sitting here with me. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you next time.